No topics are safe from comments from the peanut gallery, including the 2018 Reese's Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. Got a special guest on here tonight, the first one of the show. I'd like to welcome on John Feehan. John, say hello to the listeners out there. Hello, listeners. John, tell them a little bit about yourself and why uh, why this is an important topic to you. Sure. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I've am i been actually uh, following Wyoming football for quite some time, and not just Wyoming football, but uh, college football in general, as well as pro football. So I'm actually the guy that Jordan calls and texts when he needs information on things. So Everybody's a legend in their own mind. And today, when you're listening to this, it's actually Feehan Friday. It's not Football Friday, it's Feehan Friday. Remember that. I'll refer to my uh, my previous statement on that. So we're going to start off by just giving you uh, giving you a little bit of a breakdown over what we're looking to see from this weekend's action at the Senior Bowl. What our thoughts and evaluations are over the past few days of practice, and just some general uh, general analysis across the board with uh, with what may be to come from there. John, what have, what have you seen so far that's caught your eye? So so far, I've actually watched um, some film on the offensive line and defensive line, and I had a couple different takeaways from that. Uh, I want to start with the guys that are going to be making money over the week just over practice, let alone during the game. Uh, Two of the guys that I first want to touch on were actually uh, teammates at NC State. Uh, One was Justin Jones and B.J. Hill. Those guys with the North team for the senior role were absolutely dominant against the offensive line. So they, they, they like won they every battle. They jump right away. Yeah, they popped off them immediately. Uh, so those guys made a lot of money just based on that. Um, we're agreeing on the next guy I'm about to talk about if you want to tell him. So the big guy, if we're going to if we're gonna really go after the defensive line that has stood out to me and I think is going to be the still of the draft for anybody, or I, I shouldn't say still because he's not really a sleeper at this point. He would be the anchor for for the defensive line for any team that takes him. It's Harrison Phillips out of Stanford. Harrison Phillips is an absolute beast. Beast. One thing that I've always thought is a strong correlation for athletes in the trenches is if these guys have had some wrestling experience in their background, Harrison Phillips just happens to be one bad SOB on the mats. Harrison Phillips was a three-time state champion. He's a four-time national state champion. In his wrestling career, he's only lost about seven matches from the time when he was about 13 years old on. He says that he attributes a lot of his success on the defensive line to his background in wrestling because he correlates his hip flexibility, his hand speed, and his anticipation to what his opponent's going to do to his wrestling background. Why do I think this is important to the NFL? He's a gap guy. He has a high motor, so it's going to be fun to follow his progress and see what kind of system that he may end up in because he's smart enough to figure out pretty much any any sort of system that he could possibly go to. Yeah, I think he's actually um, best fit in a 4-3. Or he could be a 3-4 uh, end. I think he is athletic enough, as you were saying, to his wrestling background. Some of the things that actually stood out on me on film, because when you watch him, well, through the senior role, when you watch him in the practices, actually... Um, he kept going to a, a more of a bull rush instead of any other move, which when you look at him in film, that's often what he uses. The guy just produced in college, though. He had 98 right. tackles last season, 98 from the inside, with 17 tackles for loss. Like that's crazy. But one of the things I think he'll eventually 
get better at is really putting more of a rip move in there and uh, using a little more finesse because I think he is athletic enough to do that. But at times when he was one-on-one, he would revert back to the bull rush, which he was successful, but not every time. You know, sometimes the the guard would anchor his hips and dig in. So I could totally see what you're saying there with that, but. Couldn't you also, you know, for a, you know, if you're a prospective team looking at him, couldn't you counter that that he has such a ridiculously athletic base that you can teach him away from some of those bad habits? You can't teach some of the raw athleticism and instincts that he has. You can't teach some of those high motor skills of him getting off the ball and just completely beating his man play in and play out. Some of those things that are intangibles, that's what, you know, you maybe you take the good with the bad and you coach him up based off of what his strengths are. Yeah, but I think there's a, a certain point where you can't rely completely on athleticism, and that's actually, I'll get to that on our next on our next guy we're about to talk about, and the, the reason why you can't only rely on athleticism. For him, I think, though, that it's more of the knowledge piece. Like, he is very coachable, and he'll take that knowledge and put it on the field, and you'll see that on film. I think he's going to be one of the best rookies next year. When you look at his uh, pro football focus, I believe, actually had him as the top run stuffer. So, just as like a, just as like an aside, I think that was something to, something to focus on because like a lot of those, he's just blowing up plays on film. Yep. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't be couldn't be in any more of an agreement with you on that. He he's the guy who, to me, more than anybody on the defensive side of the ball, has, has stood out. You know that that is the the guy for me on the defensive side of the football, and you know ho- hopefully, like I say, hopefully some of those things he can be uh, he can be coached up on, and he gets into the right system, gets the right sort of leadership that drives him to be that uh, that elite level defensive tackle that he could be in the NFL. Absolutely, I think we're in agreement on that. But in a nice little segue to our next guy, the guy that you were just well, you were just actually saying that you can't teach athleticism. While that may be true. Also, if you're at the senior bowl at this point in time, if you do not have those moves and you don't know what you're doing, you look lost, it's going to show. And with this next guy, a lot of people have had him. Mock drafts, I think Mayock had him in the top 10. And I'm referring to Marcus Davenport out of UTSA. Okay. Super athlete. Super athlete. You look at him. He started there. He's 6'7". Came in at 255. I think he actually weighed in closer to 270, though. Okay. Which is good. You see, you want to see that he's like putting on muscle and things like that. That's just you also back want to make the athleticism. Sure that it's good though. weight, though, yeah, too, at the same correct. time, right? No, still, still. I mean, he look, dude looks like an action figure, and that, there's no way around it, like GI Joe style. But when you looked at him on one on ones, he he looked lost. He did not look like he belonged, and that's concerning for a team. If if they're taking him, in my opinion, right now. Uh, maybe a second round pick and that's maybe and that's you look at him on film and his level of competition just isn't isn't there he played Baylor had really nice film against Baylor but Baylor was not a good squad this year there's nobody nobody right. pro on the offensive line that's going pro from Baylor's tackles and another thing anybody I've noticed anybody who had anything at Baylor has jumped off of that sinking ship long ago well and I don't want to sound like I'm just hating on him because I do think he could be a very good player in this league but he has the initial get off ball but once he actually engages he's so used to being the man and he's always going against right tackles that's another concern of mine he's always going against right tackles on film you never see him go 
against the left side, which is typically the better athlete on the offensive line, is the left tackle. So when you see a guy that's an out-athlete you every single time against right tackles at a lower level, it's concerning because he just goes off pure athleticism on film. I think he could be a guy that could be coached, but I, I'm not taking a top 10 pick like I'm seeing people, let alone a top 30 pick. So that's a guy that has lost money from showing up at this. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, I think that you're 100 percent hitting the nail on the head with him there, and you know that that's where it's a it's a double edged sword with some of these guys that uh, that you know come to these these senior bowl opportunities or just have played in bowl games in general these last couple of years. It's the question of uh, the question of potential injury and things of that nature sitting out. If we take a look at you know one of the uh, one of the best guys that might you know that might not even be at this game this weekend you know the big name of the weekend that's not there is Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. Sure, Oklahoma State. He uh, he had a pretty solid campaign there for uh, for Coach Gundy, but he's allegedly out with uh, with a foot injury. There's a lot of questions behind that you know to how legitimate it is. But nonetheless, with the concern that some of these players have had, there's been a couple of guys get nicked up and even uh, you know a non-contact style practice this week. There's there's valid concern. Do you think he wanted to compete? Like in all honesty, I know it's hard to question competition, but do you think he really wanted that? Mason uh, did Mason Rudolph really want to take part in the Josh Allen Baker Mayfield circus that this week has been? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question, you know, because he'd have been stacked up side by side against those two guys. 100% the entire time while they were taking snaps. They'd have, they'd have all been on the same squad. They'd have been right there, you know, with uh, with the Duke John Elway yeah. staring right down at him. Who, you know, they, who knows? No, they, they might have flipped him, though. They might have flipped him to the South because I know that the Oklahoma State receivers were on the South, but I honestly don't know if John Elway would have tried to pull that card and say, hey, I want all three of these guys on my squad. Forget what the South thinks. They lost the war, you know. Now they're losing at the Senior Bowl. Like, come on, man. Based off of the <laughs> share of talent in general between the two different teams, it would not surprise me at all to have seen uh, to have seen Mason Rudolph be on sure. uh, to to have been on that side, simply because of the reason that the Broncos are one hundred percent in the position of evaluating potential quarterback prospects, and that's something that we'll touch on a little bit later. Sure. But like I say, I think that it's uh, just worth noting that there there is uh, that big name who. Normally would have been there in participation, but is not there this weekend. Sure. Is there anybody else that you uh, that you think is a, you know a, a notable name that should be there this weekend that's not? We'll get to a little bit later on the guys that aren't there that aren't eligible, but sure. maybe a senior that isn't participating this weekend that you would have liked to have seen what he was going to bring to the table. I mean, I think Mason Rudolph was probably the one I wanted to see because he's in that question mark of the fifth best quarterback in this class. And that's a interesting spot to be because you could still go in the first round as the fifth in this in this class. There's gonna be four guys that are taken potentially in the top eight. I'd expect some trade ups. And so to be that fifth guy to prove that you're the guy. Man. It's crazy to me that he's not there. Um in terms of other guys that that actually one guy one big name that popped off that I was surprised declined. Cortland Sutton. From SMU, he took a hard pass because he was he was eligible. Right, and he took a hard pass. Now you look at his film; he pops off. I would have liked to have see, seen him against he. He looked at those. He looked at the South team DBs, which are far and away 
the best part of the South team. The South team DBs are by, by, by and far the best part of that team. He looked at who was coming and took a hard pass, which is smart. And a lot of these times, it's not the prospects that are doing that. It's their agents. A lot of agencies won't even let them play. You look at a lot of linebackers pull out. Why does the linebacker need to be in the senior bowl? Well, could help. Most times, you are what you are if you're a middle linebacker. So it's true. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to pull a Jalen Smith, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's where that's where some guys are at as far as their mindset mindset goes. Yeah. And and you know there is an increasing you know suggestion level from agents according to according to a lot of the rumor mills out there that they're not wanting guys to participate in some of these extra activities just for the potential chance that it may yeah. plummet some draft stock. But there's also, I, you know, Nick Saban once said that he thinks that there's something to be said about playing well in every opportunity that you have. And I also, I, you know, I would agree with that at the same time. Sure. That, you know, that it, there is something to be said about having an anywhere, anytime, any place type of mentality and being able to go out there, show out, and perform. You know, there's, there's a difference of being able to go out there and perform well versus being able to go out there and I you know play play scared and restricted because you're trying to think too much. Sure. Now if we could transition a little bit from you know from the defensive side of the football, obviously we've touched on this a little bit so far. Let's get into uh, let's get into the big debate of the weekend that everybody <laughs> wants to know about or hear some uh, you know hear some some of the analysis on. Here we go. Josh Allen against Baker Mayfield. First off, let's hear your take, I. Let's hear your take, albeit very biased, on Josh Allen. You want to hear it on Josh Allen first or Baker? I could talk, I could give you the one. Right now, um, so dude, Josh Allen is just a stud. And everybody it, the thing the thing about Josh Allen is people there's no in between. People are either there to defend him or they're trying to murder him on Twitter, which is a whole different conversation I could have. You look at his stats in college, the only thing people can pull up in college is completion percentage. That's all I'm hearing. He finished with a 56.9 completion percentage. Can you tell me the last pick? Number Actually, can you tell me the last number one pick that finished sub 60%? Just off the top of your head, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just referencing it. If anybody, if anybody at home listening to this, if they can tell me who that is, I'll be impressed. In the last 15 years, the last number one pick, sub 60%. Because that's modern football, so that's a fair question. Fair question. I, I don't have the answer off the top Matthew of my head. Matthew Stafford. Okay. Number one draft pick. He turned out okay. Turned out Turned, turned out, out okay. But that, that's just that's just one ar- argument I could make. Matthew I can go into Stafford several things. Matthew Stafford also did that in at. Georgia, though, not against Wyoming, who is, you know, in the great pillow fight of the Mountain West of defenses. But you could also flip it on its head, and I could tell you Matthew Stafford had more weapons, especially his last year. I could tell you he had more weapons. And he, he also played in a pro-style system. He and did I, not play in a spread offense. Like you see, Johnny Manziel had a 68% coming out of college. 68.9% completion percentage. What? You're going to tell how How was that guy a bust? Weird spread offenses have a lot of short, easy completion passes. And that's the reason why I don't take completion percentage seriously. Now, when you're posed as a number one pick, 
you're going to have people poking holes. So you're let, gonna, let's, you're let's gonna have, put the brakes on that for a second. Completion percentage doesn't matter. So accuracy doesn't matter? But that's two different things. If I'm in a spread system, I'm going to be taking a lot more shots with high completion throws, short routes. Okay, okay. If you're in a pro-style system, in order to be successful, unless you're West Coast, a complete West Coast system that has a running game, so you can do more play-action throws, even those short passes... My biggest thing is, you saw his junior film versus his senior film. What happened? Well, Brian Hill, he's on the Bengals. Running back. All-time school-leading rusher. Gone. Left his junior year early. Probably didn't get drafted as high as he wanted to. He's gone. His top receiver, Tanner Gentry, graduated. Senior. Gone. Tight end. Another top target. He's playing in two Sundays for the Patriots. And catching balls from Tom Brady. Also a productive player. Chase Rullier. There was a report that came out today, or Bleacher Report actually posted a column ranking the top centers. And as a rookie, he finished 19th overall. So I, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just giving opinions here. I'm just I'm just speaking a couple facts, but I'm also giving reasons why you saw a decline. If you turn on the senior film. Dude, his receivers were dropping passes. He lost his starting center, the true freshman that started at center, and a true freshman that started at right tackle. Albeit, that was the best the best option we had at the time, and that's going to be an option all the time with Wyoming. We're going to be able to attract these guys that do want to play right away on top of the guys that are going to develop and sit for three years. Okay, But when you look at it, the difference was, and I think Kuiper touched on it well too, his receivers... There was, a, there was a period of time where his receivers were not catching the ball. You saw it in the opening game against Iowa that everybody wants to kill him for. He had a beautiful, I think, 48-yard pass for a touchdown. His receiver dropped it. C.J. Johnson. And I love C.J. Johnson. I think he's going to be a good receiver. He tore his ACL in the bowl game. But you got to catch that ball. He put it on the money. Anybody that watches the film, you're going to tell me the same thing. But the critique that people want to bring in saying... He's inaccurate, I think, is blown out of proportion. If you really look at the film, I think it needs to be more consistent. But with even the drops and the lack of run game, you can take that in consideration, and I can deal with that. If I'm a GM taking a guy, I'm going to deal with that. And I don't want to go on a tangent, but if I'm Cleveland, I'm taking Josh Allen, number one overall. And that's, that's for a different podcast I'm taking him over the California kids. See, and I I have issue with Josh Allen at that spot simply because I don't think that he I think I think that he is a guy who can have success in the NFL, but I do not think that he is the top pick. I find a lot of issue in seeing some of the uh, some of the misplaced throws that he's had, especially this week at practice. He sure. sailed a lot of throws. He sailed some high percentage easy throws that you you were talking about, almost system type throws. You know that, who's really good at throwing against wide open receivers. You know who's really good. At, uh, so because that's that's an adjustment thing. He's improved day to day. For those who have watched some of the Senior Bowl highlights and lowlights, seen the throws. It's on YouTube. You can check them out. You see him get better as the week goes on. one of the lowlights building chemistry as uh, as him missing the net from ten feet away. Yes, and it's actually been told from multiple reports that he wasn't the only one that's missed the net. That just happened to be 
That's the only thing right. people want to bring up. They don't want to show the pass to Michael Gallup. Forty really yard and dime. Really, if we want to get down to brass tacks, Dan Marino, John Elway, nobody else besides Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position matter sure. in terms of that top tier quarterback evaluation at this at this sure. uh, at this weekend's. But I, th- I think we need a little background here. I was the first person to tell you that Josh Allen will be playing on Sundays. And at the time, he thought I was just pumping that brown and gold sunshine. But I will say, I was right. He's going to be drafted. He will be playing on Sundays. I don't want. I just want that as a background because there's a bias between us right now. Jordan's a big CSU fan. I actually really like one of his players this year in the draft. I would love for him to be on my Bears. And we can get into that today or tomorrow or whenever the next time we're going to do one. However... I'm just pointing that out. There is a border between us, and there's a war between it as well. For the border war, that is our school's rivalries. And Josh Allen happened to have been undefeated in said rivalry. So there's some hurt feelings. Wyoming sucks. I want that as a background. I just wanted a disclaimer. And like he said on the Denver radio show, it will always suck to be a CSU Ram. Did you hear that? He said that on a Denver radio show, talking to the Denver... Broncos like beat writer. And that just adds my list or adds to my list of why he can kiss my ass and why the Broncos shouldn't take him. However, he did say he would love to play for Broncos. Who Hey, who who wouldn't want to play well, it with I, I look no at it from this line. standpoint that overall if you're a guy who is looking at the long term macro perspective view as a quarterback, mm-hmm. why would you not want to come to a place like the uh to the pl- a place like the Denver Broncos who have a historic level of success in that sense. We're going to take a time out on that because that's going to be a conversation for the Broncos part of our show. I want to get to the guy that's really good at throwing to the net and when there's no defenders around his guys, and that's Baker Mayfield. Okay. Look, one of my favorite coaches in college football is is like Oklahoma. And one of those reasons, he is an absolute magician. He went from taking Baker Mayfield to a potential fourth-round pick to all of a sudden a first-round talent. What happened in the year that he's been there? Well, I can tell you this. Looking at film from Baker's senior season, I keep getting this impression from these pro-Baker fans. And look, I don't dislike Baker. I'm just not willing to take a top-ten pick on him. Okay, I just want to be forthright and say that I think it'd be a great fit for some teams, like Washington. I don't know if I'm... If I'm taking him at Miami at 11, might be a little bit of a Jarvis Landry's enough if they resign him. That's going to be a little bit of too much uh, moxie, as some some might say, in the locker room. But back to my point, Lincoln Riley, uh, great job. You were fantastic this year. You made it, like I said, a magician. When you look turn on the film, people want to say that, oh, Baker is so good at looking off. The safety. I like his eyes. I think he does have good head movement to look them off. However, I will counter with a lot of the plays that he had, highlights and lowlights, I guess you could say, were plays that were designed to one side of the field that he was never he was never throwing to the right-hand side of the field. That's just how it was set up in the system. You look at the film, it's almost like there's a distraction on the right side, and stuff that like Andy Reid does, too, when he's calling plays. You see it in the league. I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm just saying, when you're looking at overall perspective, 
he has plays where he'll look at the right-hand side of the field knowing that he's not even throwing on that side just to pull the safety over. That that's not even, there's no reads to throw to on that side. There's nobody. They're not looking for the ball. They're distractions, right? And then he'll look, and I'll, nine times out of ten, well, maybe not nine times, but I would say maybe six six times out of ten, the guy he's throwing to has not one, but two steps on the defender. We're talking, these guys, elite recruits going to Oklahoma. Elite recruits. They're getting separation. They play in the Big 12. There's some questionable defenses in the Big 12. And a lot of his touchdown passes... Wide open receivers. He's great at throwing to wide open receivers, even on first days. I'll give him credit. He did look good throwing on skeleton. Like, nobody's nobody's actually on. Like, he looked good on one-on-ones. He looked a little questionable on day three practice with the goal line. A lot of check downs. Safe throws. Didn't want to squeeze it in. That's, that's fine. But I'm just not willing to take a top ten pick on him, man. I, I would be more comfortable taking him in the... 20s to 30s. I, I question, also question, I know I'm kind of going along here, but I question why there's reports saying that he's not going to play in the senior bowl. And I could be completely inaccurate. You know, there, there, has, be there has been a little bit of a rumor Friday, mill so. to that, but, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, he uh, he came right off of, uh, you know, right off the plane pretty much to practice earlier this week, citing that family comes first. So, you know, I I personally don't know exactly what's going on in his personal life sure. to know what may be drawn him away from uh you know from practice or from some of these team activities so who knows you know maybe maybe there's more to it underneath the surface that we just don't know right now it'll be interesting to see on that side of things sure. but one thing that i can maybe add to it for baker mayfield baker mayfield has a lot of heart the kid has a lot of uh he has a lot of Competitive aggression within him that you know that's one of those things that you know I feel like you just can't te- being a Broncos fan. I don't want to take him with that number five pick, but I would love to have somebody that has that sort of grit and tenacity that he brings. You know, I'll just kind of take it to the you know the game against Kansas when those guys didn't want to shake his hand at the uh, you know at the coin toss. I'd tell you to suck my dick too right after I got done dropping dimes on you all day if you didn't want to you know if you didn't want to respect me when game game guess, time. Guess who's leaving on a stretcher if he does that against Baltimore or the Pittsburgh? Guess who's leaving on a stretcher if he does that to Denver? And I understand. Oh, that, that, can you imagine if he did that? In the there's league? a difference that's the maturity. Between we're that. talking about a weakness right there. Hey, you are you're correct right there, and that that's the difference though between college ball and the NFL. Hey, maturity that that's definitely a, that's a question for him. You know, he's been fighting the Manziel questions the entire week, and that's definitely something that is you know going to be going to be a topic to continue to track because he has a lot of those tendencies. So the big question that Baker Mayfield has to continue to answer is. What makes you not Johnny? And how can you separate yourself from him? That'll be interesting to see. How can you channel that uh, that competitive aggression into something more positive by keeping your composure and holding your mud as a quarterback? Maybe it's just me, and I'm just a little bit more biased and a fiery guy that I like seeing some uh, some antics like that. Granted, I understand that it's it's there's no place there's not a place for that for a quarterback in the NFL, but in college. It's a little bit more rah-rah all across the board. Why not? 
every now and then. You know, he uh, he had to suffer the consequences for it. He didn't get to stand on the field and get honored on Senior Day. You know, he he paid his uh, he paid his price. You you know where I think Baker Mayfield's top fit would be. Where's that? Did you hear the news today? Vince, I did not. Vince McMahon. It's back, XFL. baby. We're oh coming back, baby. God. He hate me. That oh that that's he a hate me. Throw the jersey for, uh, for That's a complete day. other show. But that's I think an entire I'm being sat- show right I'm there. being satirical right now. But he would be fantastic. I would him versus Johnny Manziel. I would watch that. <laughs> that would I would be. watch that. I would absolutely watch. Hey, that. you 100%. might put some cheeks and seats with that sort of matchup. Like those guys just oh. yo know, just talk trash to each other, mic them up from side to side, and let them just go at it the entire game. I would watch Thursday night football if that was actually the case. I would watch Thursday night football. <laughs> might, might that, be that might get there. people to watch Thursday night football if it's the XFL. NFL needs to stop, but that's hey, another conversation. Yep, exactly. You know, <laughs> so for me. A lot of what this week is just because I'm biased. I'm a Broncos fan to the core, and I I want to know what's next to bring us back to a championship level team. And so that's what a, a large part of what my evaluation has been on when I've been looking at guys and have been thinking about potential fits and landing spots and scenarios and how what may come up in these next couple of weeks or in the next few weeks following a sure. free agency, what may open up. Broncos have a lot of money that are that they have the uh, the capability of spending in free agency. So what I think, how much cap room do they have before they before they make the decision on to leave? Um, off off top off top. Uh, I, I was just I was I, I was just curious. Right off the top of my head, yeah, yeah I curious. can't remember that number right directly off the top of my head. But but in general, I believe as far as 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 far as freed up space yeah. or you know as far as dip, they you know they're thirty one. Okay. It, okay, that's what I believe that I saw. So, so okay. you know, they they've got a lot of room to sure. work. And the thing is, is depending on how they uh, depending on how they approach the Demarius Thomas situation, if they pay him by uh, you know by that spring date, they're on the books for a lot more money. But there's been a lot of talk that they're negotiating a potential restructuring of the deal. I'm making hopefully hands. bringing him back to uh, bringing him back to the Mile High City. I don't want to see DT leave right now. I understand that there's a lot of there's a lot of Cut, shade maybe. that gets thrown DT's way, but I personally I like DT. I had the opportunity to meet him in person a few years ago. You could meet a nicer guy. Is that when he ate meat? I don't that was the big discussion today. Didn't you hear about that? That was the big people were tweeting saying apparently the Broncos, and I'm just throwing this out here. There were tweets from verified accounts saying that apparently some people within the Broncos organization do not like the fact that do not well do not think he's the same player since he switched to the popular NBA diet and that's vegan. So he does have a lot of friends in the NBA. I get why he went with it, but let's move on. That you know, there may be something to that, but you know, that's uh, that, that, that's something that may get us in a lot of a lot of trouble with the vegan viewers that are out there. What I think could be a big situation, or or uh, you know, something that the Broncos can pull off, is there just so happens to be a very high profile left tackle out there who just so happens to have a game left to play, who's been publicly vocal about returning home to Colorado. I think that Nathan. you make a big play for one Nate Soldier. Bring him to the Mile High City. Make the splash in free agency. 
go after a quarterback in free agency. You have the money to spend. You have the resources to use. Make those plays right there. And that opens you up at the fifth spot to take who I think is as solid of a lock of anybody in the draft that you could possibly get. We both agree on this. Now, at this pick that the Broncos have at number five, yes, this may seem like it's a high pick for the position that I'm about to mention. No way. I'm 100% with you. But I think that if you can have a decade plus of consistent Pro Bowl and higher level production, it is 100% worth taking a guard at number five. And I'm looking to the guy from or from uh, from Notre Dame. South Bend, I'm, I'm, baby. From South Bend, I'm looking at Quentin Nelson. I'm going for the Golden Domer right there. God. I think that there is no more of a solid pick in this entire draft, ladies and gentlemen. Him at number five is, is what I dream for the Broncos to do. If you pick him at five after you bring in Solder in free agency, you put him at the left tackle where he is a bona fide star. You move Bowles over to the right side. Hopefully that will benefit him making that transition. You have Leary at guard, and you also have Paradis. You have definitely shored up your offensive line, and you have filled in some major questions and holes that, that have been looming over you. I don't care who you have at quarterback. If you're the Denver Broncos, you can take any of these top draft picks for these guys. If you don't have the offensive line to protect them, you're in trouble. I We've disagreed on a lot of things since I've known you. This might be the 100% in agreement I don't. I think we've ever been. I've watched a lot of his film. He is fantastic to watch. I implore everybody to turn on his film. It's worth the watch. Just And you can't even say that. You can't even say that about offensive linemen. You never say about offensive linemen. This guy's nasty. There's a play where he throws down at LSU. I think it was Arden Key. Potential first round pick. He threw him down like a child about to get spanked. Threw him to the ground, ragdolled him, and that's what I like to call a ragdoll. That's what we hear at the peanut gallery like to call a ragdoll. Sits on insult to injury. There's another play where he's going against Boston College, where he another potential first life first round pick, uh, Harold from Boston College. Right, he helped out his left tackle, who could be a potential first round, early second round guy. Okay, he absolutely. The guy was already being blocked. Harold was already being blocked. He came over and depleted him. And then after that, he kept him on the ground. He tried to get up. Play was already over. Nasty. I want a guy that's going to be a Cody a Cody Whitehair, a guy you're going to trust for 10 years in this league, right? But mean. But just mean. The dude is just mean. He's seeing defenders. There's a play where a Miami player is trying to get a push on him. And have you ever tried moving a fridge by yourself? You know, kind of how you like you're trying to tilt it back, okay. you're trying to push it, and your neck kind of pops up. That's what defenders look like exactly. when they're trying to push Quentin Nelson. 
And you know, the, I, I I like that comparison, oh. but the comparison that I you know that's really kind of stuck out in my mind, and it's been the widespread comparison amongst most of the scouts and the contributors that have been down at the uh, down at the Senior Bowl, along with people evaluating th- throughout this season. And that comparison is to Logan Mankins. Logan Mankins has been a flat out stud, or he I should say was a stud through the prime of his entire career. You know, won multiple Super Bowls with the Patriots. If you are anywhere even in the ballpark of what Logan Mankins brought to the table, you're one hell of a football player. And whoever takes this young man cannot miss. I hope that the guy that once looked great in blue and gold comes to the blue and orange and does the exact same. If if you do this, though, you have to sign a free agent quarterback. There's no way around it. You cannot have a second-round quarterback as your starter, and you can't stick with the guys you have. I you agree have to 100%. Sign a free agent. You cannot make this move without signing a top free agent quarterback. And the last time I checked, there might only be one. No, and and you know you're, you're right. And Captain getting Kirk. into getting into Broncos free agency, that's a, that's an entire topic that we can go yeah. on for you. Yeah, I'm just for, saying, for like as an sport. aside, I'm just saying as an aside. If I'm the Broncos, as a as a person that has lived in Colorado, who does follow the Broncos but is not a Broncos fan, I have kind of an outsider perspective in that regard. But I am a fan of a guy I'm going to say that looked real good in the Orange Crush, baby. And that would be Josh Allen. I'm just going to t- touch back on it and dance back around to that. I think Josh Allen would be great for you guys because a lot of his plays, he did not have great offensive line play in college. And one of the things I think would benefit give Elway time is if I know a lot of people are saying they don't want him to play right away and you know what you could sign a free agent quarterback not named Kirk Cousins and still draft him in the top five but what I'm saying is he could go Mitch Trubisky he could go to Sean Watson where you take a couple of games the guy ahead of him doesn't perform and it's done right free agent bust right the Mike Glennon right all right then you put him in there He's going to win you games. He will win you games, I promise you that. Does he get you back to the playoffs? Depends who he's throwing to. But it I depends what you back with everybody to else. Side but of things that he I makes plays on the run. Justify taking him with a f- number five pick. I cannot in I or, I will You're gonna sing a different tune. You no, will sing a different nope. tune. After, I, I can't after take him with number bowl. five. Bold prediction from me. You're gonna sing a different tune. After Saturday I will be texting you. Yeah, I, I just I, I can't see it, you know, unless unless there's something that is absolutely groundbreaking and you know a, a complete revelation of a of a performance in my eyes. I'm not sold on Josh Allen being the top pick in that spot, and for that matter, I'm not sold on any of the quarterbacks in this draft class being something that the Broncos should take at number five. I'm not sold on any of these guys being a person that could take this spot. Nobody, I think, can. I don't think that Rosen can. I don't think that Darnold can. I don't think that Jackson can. I don't think that any of these guys is a good fit at five. You didn't list Baker's name. What happened? I don't think that Baker Mayfield is a good fit at five. There we go. I think that Baker Mayfield, if the Broncos do take a quarterback at five... Baker Mayfield is the guy to take. However, let me go on record stating that I do not think that that is the pick that the Denver Broncos should make with the number five pick. My pick 
And my decision, 100% goes to Quentin Nelson of Notre Dame. And if Quentin Nelson of Notre Dame is not the guy, I look to another Golden Domer, and I look to Mr. McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey, yep. Mike McGlinchey is a guy who would be a great anchor to the offensive line to give you some bookend action as well. I think that the move has to be to shore up the offensive line. I touched on it earlier. I'll hit on it again. You could have John Elway in his prime. Dan El, or excuse me, Dan Marino's been down there on the field along with uh, along with the other execs evaluating talent this week. You know who they're watching. If you had one of those guys in their prime, you're still not going to be in the position to be a championship level football team with the offensive line that you had on the field last year. There is no chance in the world that you are at an elite level. A lot of Denver fans are going to disagree. They're going to agree with the fact that you should fix the line. 100%. There's ways in free agency to fix the line. Spend the money right. Cut ties with the players that no longer are in their primes. They're in the twilight of their careers. Okay, their, their best days are behind them. Okay, There's a couple. Because of the situation you have on the offensive line, you need to fix it. You need to address it at least. Not saying I'm going to go ahead and tell you how to fix your squat, okay? Denver fans, listen to me because I have more knowledge than you really think. I'm not just a Josh Allen fanboy. I I follow the draft. You guys really need to take, if he's there in the second round, you need to take Josh Allen in the first round. Pray, pray that he's Josh Allen's there at five. I really think that if Cleveland, I think that John Oway's got a man crush on Josh Allen. I think he's playing his cards to his chest. Hold on. He's playing his cards to his chest. I think he has a big man crush on Josh Allen. So I think that he's going to do, by whatever means necessary, whether that's going to two, whether that's going with Indy with three, he's going to jump Cleveland at four. If it's not for Josh Allen, I'll be surprised. I'll shave my head. (laughs) Hold on. But second round, you guys absolutely need to take this guy. Two. One of two guys. Because they're almost one. They're behind uh, Quentin Nelson. They're 2A and 2B behind him. And that's going to be, he played tackle at Georgia. Okay. Isaiah Wynn. Holy cow. That guy is lighting up the senior bowl. You're going to see it on film. You're going to see it when you watch his practice. Insane punch. He played tackle inside. He's a monster. Absolute monster. He's the value that you need to be taking. And the Broncos are watching him too. He's on the north, or he's on the south squad. You know they're watching him. Another guy on the south squad that you know their scouts are going to be watching. Will Hernandez from UTEP. Monster. Monster. That was two of my guys that made a lot of money coming to the Senior Bowl. That's how you need to do it. You need to take quarterback with at one, whether you think it's Baker, I think it's Josh, 100%. One of those guys at two, you absolutely need to take. But the, the downside I'm not addressing here is if you're trading up to two or three, are you giving up your two? Or are you going to give up next year's one and your third from this year? And some, you, I say you can't give up the two. You have to give up next future first-rounders before you give up this year's two because one of those guys is going to be in play. Mark my words, if they make it out of the first round, Denver's going to do what they can to get one of those guys. See, and that, that's where, like, in my perfect world, I disagree. The Broncos pass on taking a quarterback with five. They take the offensive guard. Then... They, in a later round, go with a guy like a Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. That would be ideal in my mind. You bring in somebody that's an, uh, a free agent from uh, you know from a different source. Who, who knows what that shakes out? You're going to bring in Case Keenum? 
because that's only the money you're going to have going after Nate Solder. You're not going to have Kirk Cousins' money unless you cut Tlaib and Demarius. Those guys aren't going to restructure for money. They know they 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 know they're in the ends of their career. They're trying to get one more payday, man. I, I, I'm just saying, you're not going to have money signing left tackle Nate Solder. You're not going to have money. You're going to have Case Keenum money later on. You're going to have Sam Bradford money later on. You're not getting Eli because the guy that got hired for the GM in New York is loyal to Eli. He won, Eli won him two rings. So, yep. you he know, came and, back. And you're not... You're not wrong there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that has to shuffle itself around. Yeah. Once free agency hits, once we get to the certain timelines within pace, you know, within pay schedule, there's a lot that's yet to be seen as it comes to you know to the actual NFL side of it all. You know, all all as it is. But let's kind of reel it back to uh, this weekend with the Senior Bowl and with some guys that uh, that are there down there in Mobile, Alabama. One guy that I'd like to uh, like to at least point out that I think could be a potential uh, potential find, and you know I don't want to maybe call it still, but at time Ariel may may be a still. Okay. Callum Bellage from uh, from Arizona State. Yes. He played yes. For, he played high school football here in uh, in Colorado. I watched him play as as a high school football. Yes, and he was a man yes. among boys. So fast. You know, he is uh he is six three, two hundred and forty five pounds. He is an absolute bruiser in the backfield. He took on some of the more unheralded assignments this week in practice, like taking on linebackers in blocking roles with pass protection, yep. and he flat out shined. I do think that there is something to be said about his lack of time on the field and you know, because of that lack of production sure at Arizona State obviously there wasn't the uh, the greatest relationship with the coaching staff just based off of uh, you know what I read in between the lines from his interviews about the situation there sure I think that he could be a potential still you know I, I think that also another guy that I you know he he obviously didn't play his college ball in Colorado sure. but is a Colorado kid another guy that I want to talk about that you had mentioned previously uh, you know within the show is a CSU Ram, Michael Gallup. Yeah. I think that Michael Gallup can have some sustained success in the NFL, but I think that Michael Gallup also, based off of his responses to questions at practice this week, has some growing up to do and has to figure out what it is to be a professional at the NFL level. And that's where I still at times... Have to give a little bit of the uh, the I I don't want to say knock, but at, at times gotta throw some shade on him. This was a little bit, problem. little bit of a little bit of Mountain West shade at times that you know you can get by with certain things that you make that you can't get by at the highest level. You have to get into a study book or you know, into your playbook and study. You have to do that at this level. And he self admittedly stated that he has had issue at times playing with fluidity and being able to just be himself as an athlete because he's been thinking so much because he wasn't comfortable with the playbook. How you're uncomfortable with the playbook in a situation like this, yes, I get it that it's on a short turnaround with the installs with certain packages and whatnot, but at the same time, overall, as a receiver on that side of things, to me, there, there's a, right now at this point, there's not a whole lot of excuse for you to be self-admittedly lackadaisical. You know who else had a problem with the playbook in the pros? Cordero Patterson. Didn't work out for him. 
Jaquan Treadwell allegedly didn't work out for him. I'm with you 100%. I think he has a chance. He had a chance before saying some of the excuses he was putting out because he's looked good. Incredible he's looked good athlete. On drills, he's looked, he caught a 40 yard dime. Yo, from I will give Josh the credit Allen to Josh the... Allen. Josh Allen threw an absolute beauty of a pass that looked all the parts of what an NFL quarterback does. Absolutely. But you know, like like we uh, like we said, there is uh, there's just there's some some question marks around him that he brought upon himself this week, which is it's a red flag to me, and oh. I'm a CSU fan, which is which is upsetting to me. Yep. You know, you you control your own destiny as an athlete at these functions by what you say and how you present yourself to your potential employers. It's a job interview. It, it is. It's a giant job interview, and. He definitely did everything that he could to bomb with some of the answers that he had. Oh, 100%. Which is unfortunate. He'll get coached up. I think he'll have better answers than the Combine. He did get invited. Uh, I think on the 17th it came out that he was invited to the Combine, so that's good. Man, he he was a guy that I am looking forward to watching in the game to see if he produces. But after those comments, he's kind of on the neutral side for me because he didn't really make himself money. I think he almost downgraded his draft stock, though, because he might have lost some money just for that comment because you can't come out and say, I'm having a trouble learning these plays. Agreed, 100%. Because these plays that they're installing, they're vanilla. They're not going to be super complex plays. They're not, hey, I see this coverage, I know it's this route. Hey, I see that coverage, I know it. I'm going to check. I got news for you, buddy. It's not getting any easier. Whatever you need to do to improve yourself on that front Figure it out. You have a large level of potential. Yep. But if you can't figure it out in between the ears, that will be your downfall. I hope that you have the success that uh, that I see you having. I hope that you can continue and parlay the success that you had this year at CSU as, you know, as a national award finalist to the NFL. I hope that we see that. Time will tell. Yep. One last little bit that I just want to I uh, want to touch on and, you know, there might be somebody that you have in mind, a special story for me this weekend at the Senior Bowl, and we'll keep this uh, keep this brief and then wrap up here quick. Shaquem Griffin from uh, from UCF is is a great story to me. Oh. He's uh, he's shown a lot of scouts. You know, just to give you back up and give you some background on it, he's the one handed player out of uh, out of Central Florida, and he's played all week this week like he's uh, like he's had both. You know, he's pretty much made it made it like he has zero handicap in these NFL scouts' eyes. You know, he, he may not be some guy who is immediately off the board or anything to uh, to that effect, but I love the story. I love to see this kid out here competing. He's talked about his entire life. He's faced this adversity and how, you know, he, he's laughed in people's faces after with only having one hand, he's pulled in interceptions. So I like the story of seeing this kid. His twin brother's playing for the Seahawks. You're right, and that yeah, that says something. I mean, this twin. The only downside of this is I don't know what position he plays. I like Shaquem Griffin a lot as well. I just don't know what position he's going to play. 
If he's, he was everywhere. When you look at the, the bowl game against Auburn, he was absolutely everywhere on film. Yeah, it was he played palpable. in all three levels. Sure. But right now, I like that the coaches on the South team are giving him a shot. They're putting him in outside, middle, safety, corner. Nah, not corner, but they're putting him in safety, outside, and middle linebackers. So they're they're moving around. They're trying to show that, hey, can he be the next in-the-box linebacker safety type? Time will tell. I hope that the I hope that the NFL doesn't blackball him because he's not invited to the combine. I think that's a little, that's a little. Uh, this sucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that does. You know, I, I wish that we would be able to see him in action at the combine. I I see him as a as a smaller linebacker set type of guy to uh, to you know maybe a bigger safety safety type. Sure. You know, call call him maybe more of a uh, you know think think along the lines of maybe not exactly to that effect but but like a Jabril Peppers hybrid type of guy that you can play him at different levels and use him within different roles. I don't think at all that you would ever see him in an NFL situation where he's on the defensive line like you saw, you know, him at the collegiate level, uh, especially no, in the bowl nope, game. Nope. There is zero chance that nope. you see him there. Nope. But I do think that the kid is, he's extremely athletic and he has, you know, he, he has a he has a motor, he has a high motor and the kid has just he has he has a drive in him that it's it's one of those you want to root for things. him you want to root, you for, want him, to root sure. for him you know like I say it's I can't really put a finger on exactly what it is but seeing you know what he's been up against and seeing the way that he's been able to perform it's encouraging to me yeah I do just want to say thank you John for coming and joining us tonight on this comments from the peanut gallery podcast no topics are safe from comments from the peanut gallery including the 2018 senior Reese's Bowl. You know, is there any last any last words, thoughts that you'd like to add on the weekend? I just, I can't wait to text you on Saturday after the Senior Bowl, man. I just can't wait. I'm going to be back here. I'm going to try to be humble. And I may be humble because it's going on record. Okay? I just think we're going to see some performances. I got a couple of guys I just want to say real quick. Offensive player of the game is going to be Josh Allen. Defense player of the game is actually going to be Nick DeLuca uh, from North Dakota State. Just watch out. I just want it on record. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there as my Take final thing. I'm giving offensive defense players the game. That's going to be from the North because I think the North is going to dominate the South. But the best part is going to be to watch the quarterback because Baker's not going to play. The quarterback against those South DBs, and I want to end on that. On record right now, what are the odds that you think that Baker Mayfield plays or doesn't play? 30%. I think he plays 30% based on normally if uh, – if Matt Miller's hearing stuff, he's hearing it from the right people. This isn't Benjamin Albright, who will just go on Twitter and say anything, anything to get attention. He's not one of those guys. So I trust his sources. I'm, I, and I saw another verified account that was going off that as well. But if he plays, I, it will be interesting to see him under center to see if he stays in the pocket. And that's my final word. All right. Well, thank you very much out there for listening. No topics are safe from comments for the peanut gallery. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz, a.k.a. Kurtz EF. Signing out. Mills, let's see. T told me to do this shit. So I'm going to do this shit.